thing to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com you're listening to the john dipetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm folks you can always listen online at the website which is dipetro.com now it's tuesday it's january 3rd just bring you up to speed on some of the news that is uh, going on right now First of all, condolences go out. The passing of former Rhode Island Governor Lincoln Ullman passed away at age 86. Uh, governor Ullman served two terms. First governor to serve a four-year term. Uh, kept kind of a relatively low profile. I had limited dealings with him. Um, I had dealings with him during his first term, he, he did not do a lot of media interviews. He was not that accessible. He came in at a time seemingly that the, the state wanted kind of a, a steady hand after the whole banking crisis fiasco and wanted someone who was uh, basically in law and order. Certainly did not get along with the mayor of Providence. But Lincoln Allman, who also uh, very uh, publicly battled prostate cancer, if you remember, and then had his uh, procedure, at, I, I, as I remember it, at John Hopkins. But uh, Lincoln Allman, former governor. So it went Sunland. Uh, in recent memory, it was Governor Dupree during the late 80s. And then Bruce Sunland was the governor in 19, essentially 90, 91 to 94. Link Allman did two terms, 94, 98. And then you had Governor Kachiri had two terms, 2002 to 2010. Then you had Link Chafee for just that one term. Then we had Governor Gina Raimondo, two terms. And then that brings us to Inauguration Day for Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. So, but I want to um, start off, folks, again, um, and, and which is a big day for him, obviously. But I, I want to, um, I was watching that last night, um, the, uh, the Monday Night Football game, which, I mean, I watch a lot of football, and that was a significant game, and then obviously turned into something else. The couple things that stand out, one is, and, and I don't blame people for being upset, but there's certainly going to be a lot of questions about initially they came out and said that both teams just needed like five minutes to warm up. And 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 then, you know, when they, they brought the ambulance on the field, that's obviously very serious, um, unlike what Adam, Sh Adam Shifter said last night, that has happened before. Very serious injuries. Uh, Dennis Bird was, was one of them. But there, there has been situations where they bring the emails on the field. But what was different was when word spread that they had to administer CPR. And so then it turned into something different. I, um, I, I, think, I think ESPN, I believe, my opinion, I think they really dropped the ball regarding their coverage of it last night. I fully get that they thought they were doing a football game, but between having no one ready with the league, not having a doctor, in that situation, maybe you were watching it. 
I didn't need to keep hearing that we needed to pray for him. I didn't need to keep hearing this is the he's this is the game is not important. What what I believe was they they should have, and I realize it's, but I was doing it in real time. I believe they should have. Um, they they should have tapped into the resources of either ABC News and or going back more towards because even the people they had at ESPN I didn't think were that prepared, and I didn't I didn't think they were very. Uh, all those commercial breaks that was the thing I think that got me the most. They just kept going to commercial, like just you stay live, and. And I fully understand that they stopped showing the hit. I watched it like many other people in real time. And then they come back and they, um, they in essence, then, you know, they, they showed the replay. And the thing that I think really stood out to me was, was just the fact that he first got up and then you saw him collapse backwards. So it was, it was very, very dramatic and as we were talking about it, um, you kind of go back to, uh, for instance, when when John Lennon was shot and killed, that was broken on Monday Night Football. However, I, I think that Howard Cosell and, and those in the booth, um, I thought that they, I think they kind of handled it better. Now, granted, the game didn't stop, and the game kept, kept going, but it... Um, I just thought last night all they had to, they seemingly kept doing was, was just keep breaking for commercials. So I want to play some, some sound. This is how it was uh, covered, again, um, DeMar Hamlin of the Buffalo Bills last night on, uh, excuse me, this is how it was handled on Good Morning America. DeMar Hamlin's family, and that is Jordan Rooney. And I know that you're there at the, at the hospital with the family, Jordan. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us. We saw your tweet. Um, you updated DeMar's condition not long after he got to the hospital. How is he doing this morning? So I can't speak specifically on his medical condition. I will say is that, you know, he's fighting. He's a fighter. Um, you know, I, I felt like in the moment it, there needed to be some clarity that, you know, he, he was at a, he was awake at that time and um, now he's sedated. So, um, you know, the family's in good spirits. We're honestly just taking it minute by minute, hour by hour. And, and talk more about his family. How, how are they holding up right now, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, his, I mean, his family's remarkable. I mean, they, they are a tremendous group of people. Um, they're strong. I mean, they're, they're supportive. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously, they're worried. Um, DeMar's very close with his family. I hope that they feel the prayers that are being said for him right now. And, and how long have you known him? Tell us about the DeMar you know. Yeah, so, um, so I'm from a marketing agency, athlete marketing agency in Pittsburgh. I actually know DeMar because uh, him being a Division I football player reached out to me to be an intern for me, um, which is something that is pretty unique. And the reason why is because he's always interested in being an entrepreneur and wanted to build his own brand. And he interned for me, and then we just became super, super close. Uh, so now, you know, we're, we're partners in a business together. Um, you know, we collaborate on a lot of things. We're, we're really good friends. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that you were able to make it there. You weren't in Cincinnati at the time, but you got there as fast as you could. So, so talk to us about the scene there at the hospital. We know that fans from both teams are showing up to, to show their support. 
Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely been a lot of fans. There's been a lot of traction. There's been a lot of uh, people coming by. Um, you know, I think w what's most important is to, to give the family their privacy. I think it's, you know, it's tough when you, you see someone on TV or you watch someone play a sport. You, you kind of, uh, you don't view them as a human a lot of times. This is a, it's a human being. His family is, is very much going through, uh, they're not going through a lot right now. So, you know, I think it's important for everyone to just kind of remember that, that this is a person and, you know, his family's trying to work through everything. Well said, Jordan. Well said. And we appreciate you coming out to speak with us. That morning. was wild. I, I did see his tweet on Twitter where he was the first one to break that his vitals were okay, and then some, some people were questioning him, which I can understand. Let me go back to uh, Herm Edwards talked about this as well. I had the privilege of coaching and playing in that league uh, for a long time, over 30-plus years, and um, it was a little bit uh, shocking when you watched the players. Uh, he, uh, the concern for me right away was when I watched the players huddle and go to the knee, uh, I knew it was more than just an injury. Uh, and listen to the doctor... Uh, this is the first I've ever heard of this, and I've been in football my whole life. Uh, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a violent sport. It's competitive violence. Uh, we know some injuries occur. Uh, all you want uh, as a coach or a player, when a player goes down, uh, you want to make sure he's okay. Uh, that's the first thing that runs through your mind, and generally, that is the case. You know, a player leaves, maybe leaves the field, and you know he's going to be okay. Last night was a sobering moment not only for the team, but for the fans, and just everyone right now. And, and our prayers go out to his family and to all those involved in this. Um, this, this was hard to watch, well, very it difficult. Sure, it sure does. What, what does this mean for the NFL? What does the league do now? Well, I think the first thing you have to do as a league is, is really try to gather the players and to make sure that these players are spoken to. Um, this is something that uh, is, it, it's not, it's not uh, what, what occurs uh, you know, you don't you don't see this. You see injury, but you don't see this. And how they handle this mentally, I, I think, is very important. I thought the league uh, was was quick with their response. Uh, you know, the five minute deal. I but they, but I think after the players went in the locker room, it was more than just five minutes. It was you know we got to cancel this game. So the league did the right thing. Uh, there's no way uh, these players are, were going to be able to go play a game. Uh, you know, it's interesting, week. folks. That's Herm Edwards okay, again. Okay, he was a coach and announcer, but. Um, Megan Rainey, Brown University, she was on Twitter. The best information last night <clears throat> was on Twitter. She was saying, I, you know, the, going through the list, she's worked in the ER of the different things that might be, and one of the things she mentioned was <clears throat> that he went into cardiac arrest because the hit was so hard. Now, he's a safety, very aggressive safety, came up, and he was the one doing the tackling, but he, his chest got hit so hard that it actually knocked his heart off of rhythm. The... I'm going to disagree with Herm Edwards, but what, what, what I saw last night and what I thought is being reported is that the, it was the two coaches that basically said, we're not just doing five minutes. Whoever made that call from the league, I think you know there, there needs to be some accountability there. I think they clearly didn't understand the severity of the situation. This was not player towards ACL, let's get him off and get the game going again. Uh, there was something much more you could tell the way the players were reacting, just how serious it was. So we'll see how that pans out. Again, folks, that's how it was covered. That's how it was covered. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood 
Medical Center and also 5750 Post Road East Greenwich right across from Felicia's at Med Urgent Care when you have an emergency they specialize ambulatory medicine they provide immunization school and sports physicals at AdMed Urgent Care they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to AtMed urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing AtMed urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net folks who are listening to the john DePetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com well it's a new year we're talking with one of my siblings, independent opinion maker, columnist. It is Donna Perry and DJ. First of all, Happy New Year. Um, you're speaking. Now, this situation is very fluid, but just the buildup to it. I asked McCarthy because this is the chance they've been waiting for, chance to govern. And there's just no other way to describe it. As these Republicans that are holding out in the never Kevin votes, they, they're obstructionists. And all of this weight and Pelosi's finally out. And I, I think this is so far, you know, maybe it'll straighten out, but as we are speaking, it looks bad for the Republican party. Well, uh, and happy new year to you, John. <laughs> I can't believe 2023. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, all you can say at this point is they are really this, especially the group led by Matt Gates. I mean, they're kind of yeah. proving um, and, and that they don't understand the number one rule in politics, and that is that y- you don't let the opposition not only define you, but, you know, they're letting a lot of what the Democrats ran in the last election, John, to look true when Biden said the Republicans are in disarray, they're extremists, and they can't govern. That's right. And so now they're handing this, in my opinion, to, on a silver platter to the Democrats to say, well, that's what we said, you know, and people didn't like Biden saying, oh, these MAGA Republicans. Well, now they're handing them this major, major issue. Um, I think the spectacle of it alone is already done a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, as you say, though, it's fluid. Um, you know, we, we don't know what each hour will bring. So, but I think that it's done damage in that it looks like McCarthy is twisting arms, making various agreements, um, and then that gives so much fresh meat to the you know national press corps. Um, and I just think that again, it, it just allows the Democrats, who by the way, you would not see this spectacle going on with them. Um, the national Dems would get this resolved. You know what I mean, John? Like in, yes, and they don't air their laundry like this. So I I just think that. Gates, a long time ago, when I worked in politics, Gates was the, he is the ultimate, what we'd call like a backbench bomb thrower. He, yeah. you know, he just, he, he just is. And like, he wants the power. He doesn't understand a lot of things that the people who've been there a long time, and like, to be fair to McCarthy. Um, and then on the other side, I've often said this about McConnell, John, they understand that town and you have to play the long game if right. you're going to get major stuff 
done. Um, and as you say, after all this time, as, as opposed to now they're sucking all the airtime, is yep. about this bitter fight. It's not talking about uh, some of the really bad policy agenda directions under Nancy Pelosi. They, when's the last time? They're not mentioning Pelosi. They're just no. fighting over McCarthy. So I agree with you. I think it's very destructive. Um, they, they should be talking about the Democrats. They've waited. They went through the Trump years. They have this moment. They did not have as big an election as they wanted, you know, That's wins. Right. So for gosh sakes, like, you know, it, it, but J.D., like we say, the power is in having the gavel. At the end of the day, that's how that's what Washington is. That's you right. Know? So the power is the gavel. You know, give the guy the gavel, and and then that can control the committees and then some of these hearings. Um, and I just lastly, just some of the the group beyond Gates, these other people who no one has really ever heard of. No. You know, and JD, they come down there and they just think, look, you can tweet anything you want. You can go on certain programs every night of the week and you can say all this stuff against Biden. That is nothing. You know, the power is the power. Right. So, you know what else? And again, um, John and Perry, this, listen, the, Washington is not a Trump rally and it's not a matter Very of well said. You know, <laughs> right. people cheering on. This is you know, high level negotiations. If you're and you've worked on Capitol Hill, if you're sitting there, you have to be able to say, I have X number of votes. And already, you can already see the danger here where it would be very easy for the Democrats to you know, throw whoever the speaker is. In this case, it should be Kevin McCarthy, but throw them off balance like, oh, are you sure that you have the votes for something Absolutely. like that? Absolutely, I mean, right. It's just not the way you, you can operate. And this whole business of, you know, if you want to keep talking about the, the Hunter Biden laptop in the 2020 election, again, that may sound fine at a r- extreme right. far right, you know, America first rally. But this is like whether or not you're, you're truly trying to get stuff done for the country. Right. And, John, some of them have they made comments like and some there are some um, folks on TV like they didn't like if McCarthy and, you know, McConnell on the other side. But McCarthy, when they said, you know, they forged this compromise, so they they let the bill get through and they're not going to shut down the government. Some of these people don't realize, look, whether it's Biden, Republican or whoever. You're, if you're dealing with the president of the United States, right. you, you're not shooting spitballs at the right. guy. You know, yes. they're, they're just politically immature. Um, they're politically unseasoned. I mean, let's face it. This is as high of the stakes as it goes. So yep. and they're just showing that. And, and I just think for to me, he Gates is the definition of I think our dad might have said like a punk. You know, he's just yes. he's just a punk and he's not really proven guy. Um, and for him to be holding it up at this level, I, I just think it's a shame. Damage is done. Hopefully everything can get pulled together. Other people who, by the way, are very conservative, um, Elise Stefanik and all these people, they're with McCarthy. So, so is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Right. Turning on her. Well, it's you know, uh, gossip it's just... of Arizona and Andy Biggs. And, <laughs> and again, I get the whole thing. It becomes... They like the attention. And by the way, Donna Perry, you, you know, you also you do have it on the other side. I mean, right. Nancy Pelosi, it was smaller, but she certainly had problems in trying to deal with the squad. I want people listening to understand it goes on on both sides. But right now, this seems like real 
they're not accomplishing anything. I'm not sure the goal is, is to accomplish anything. It's really just as an obstructionist. Yeah. And, and you're going to leave the guy still. He, he, I think it's going to work out, John, but he will yeah. take the gavel kind of in an injured position, if you will. Right. Yes. So folks, again, we're speaking with Donna Perry, a uh, quick break, much more ahead. New year edition of Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508-252-3359 they're very easy to navigate website it's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401 885 4209. We're speaking with the independent columnist, opinion maker. It's Donna Perry. Well, DJ, I am curious to hear your thoughts. Massachusetts does have a new, uh, new governor, and uh, we're taking over. I, I mean, I'm going to save the cliches of big shoes to fill and so forth. But Charlie Baker, he. he he certainly, you know, lent a very steady hand. I'm just curious what you're going to be looking for with this, this new Governor Healy administration. Sure. Um, and, and I want to note, I, I've all the way through, I think I've said many times, I, I'm a big fan of Baker. I consider myself, you know, his brand of, of yeah. moderate Republican. Um, and I really mean that. And some of his year end interviews, I thought, as always, he's just he goes from the gut. He was very honest. He's not an egomaniac guy uh, at all. And I think, you know, to be fair to the guy, he, he did. He was honest. He said, look, the pandemic and dealing with covid for almost two years, it, it yeah. exhausted him, actually, yes. you know, as it would anyone. And it kind of exhausted the state. And he was honest and said, you know, it took it took momentum out of the agenda and, and some of the bigger big ticket things he wanted to do for Massachusetts. And, right. you know, I think they still have to work with the economic engine of that Boston is, you know, really took a hit. So, um, but I think people owe him that debt of gratitude. Um, you know, all the fights and the mess and the politics of COVID, I think someone else could have had the state even in further disarray. But, you know, Healy will come in, obviously her and then Kim Driscoll, who is the former mayor of Salem, they're coming in, obviously, John, making history, two women leading yeah. the state. That's never happened. Um, she's Same also Mayor Wu. And, and with Mayor Wu running yes. Boston, you know, um, and Healy is, you know, very well known first openly gay governor for the state. She will be. So, you know, all that history is around them. But I, I also do think that Healy, who has a very progressive outlook and record, is going to have to uh, find a way to look that she can also be a champion of business. Right. Because the Boston really did take a hit through COVID, yeah, obviously, the whole state. 
Um, there's been a lot of talk, uh, you know, Mass had a mass exodus of a lot of yes. residents. Um, it remains one of the top three, you know, way too expensive states just to buy a home, you know, a starter home. I think that that she's talked a bit about that. She wants to address that. They all talk about it. But look, um, and you have a you have a high tax rate here, you know, um, obviously. Definitely. So yeah. I think those kind of things, which, you know, those things hamper all of the Northeast states in, in many ways. But you know, I think she's got work to do to not just have a progressive agenda. I mean, she is bringing in, you know, the first climate chief for <laughs> for the state. OK, you know, and that's obviously they they want to put a lot of emphasis on that. But, you know, what pays all these salaries and what makes the state keep running is you, you got to pay attention to the economics. And one last thing, John, now she made it known she would not. This has been a thorn in the side of Baker, and that is the state's public transportation and the MBTA. Right. You know, um, Steve uh, Povtak is was asked, essentially, you know, between the lines to just step aside. She made it known she would not keep him on. So they are actually searching for the next chief of MBTA. I think that's a pivotal position yes. for Massachusetts. The only thing I'd like to say, as a woman... You don't need, I don't need to see a woman in that position. I want to see the best qualified person right. um, to run. You know, she is making a lot of noise about a lot of female appointments. Um, and Biden was, uh, you know, in the mode of that. And I, right. I, I'm just not a fan of that. And that yeah. is nothing. Again, I, just, I want to see the people with the best credentials. Right. Um, I mean, the MBTA, it just dogged. Baker and again That's the pandemic right. got in the way, but you know they have not resolved um, problems even with brand new trains. I think just the other day they've now stopped the Orange Line, which came back with great fanfare. <laughs> I don't know they got electrical problems again. Um, it goes on and on. So you know you you can't claim that you're this now step into the future kind of city. It's an old colonial city. Um, if if you can't bring about a 21st century, you know, um, T system and, you know, clunky commuter rail system. You, you can't get people out of their cars, which no. is often the agenda yep. and not offer them 21st century public transportation. So that's right. You know. now, Donna Perry, I'm also curious your thoughts on as far as the Massachusetts state Republican party, obviously the, you know, Jim Lyons, Jeff Deal, rah-rah, you know, Trump all the way did not play well. I, I think the next two years, I, I think this is pivotal that they, I mean, they have to decide if they want to fish or just cut bait. I mean, this is ridiculous. Do you really want to be a formidable force that could have impact on elections? Or do you just want to follow the Newsmax, yeah. America One narrative, which is just magger all the way? And by the way, it's going to be Magger all the way to losing every single race. <laughs> well, well, that this is the thing. I mean, like they, you can't if you're going to just copy and paste these some press yeah. release from which is what they did, you know, um, from the this RNC. Is this is in yeah. Florida, it's not right. Georgia. It's not, you know. And John, let's face it, right at the top, Ronna McDaniel, yes, uh, is really battling to keep her power. Because right. people feel, you know, they have a lot of mixed feelings of, of actually where money went during the now really very disappointing 2022 full election. So, 
you know, right at that point, I mean, people who just, it, it is a different time. Look at the battle with McCarthy. Now, you really hear nothing from the RNC watching all this. So, you know, I, I just think that you, they're, for a Northeast state, you, you can't run it, as you say. You're not in, you know, Dallas. Right. So, you know, you're in Massachusetts. But there, yes. look, this was a very difficult, I would argue, several years yes. for people in these New England states. It was a yeah. very tough year for people in Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Um, and I think you can make a lot of hay on that. But but you have to pick battles and do it the right way and, and not just talk about Oh. Like this obscure stuff, John, it's, it's people understand, Ludicrous. you yep. know, people really feel financially extremely pinched. Yes. Um, and there are battles to have, by the way, about the uh, sort of almost insane opposition to fossil fuels, Massachusetts state house. They have passed a lot of bills that kind of go under the radar and the public's going to have to wake up. I mean, they, they yep. want, if you live in this state, you will have to have your gas furnace, you know, removed, wow. um, like fully. I mean, that's out there. That that was passed, and I don't think Baker was able to stop that and stuff like that. So, and that's like I think within ten years, and um, I might be, you know, not quite sure on the time frame, but things like that matter. Yeah. So the Republican Party in the state could be could be arguing in a credible, coherent way. Never mind what's coming out of Mar-a-Lago. You, you know, you're in Boston. You're not in Mar-a-Lago. Forget that. And, and there are really good fights they need to have. Yes. But- and things that make sense, and it's about winning elections. Believe me, I deal every week with people. I don't really follow local politics. I'm very focused on national. I get all my news from Newsmax and Dan Bongino and blah, 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 and all this right wing. It, it doesn't <laughs> equate know. to where we're living. You're you're. You know, these are people that they can't even tell me who their state rep is. They can't tell me who their state senator is. But they're adamant about get Pelosi out of there. We're going to get the laptop and right. Ukraine is corrupt and blah, blah, blah. And they're going to overturn the 2020 election. Uh, the Republican Party is going to decide just how much longer this nonsense is going to continue. Or, you you know, to the delight of the Democrats, it will continue. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients' unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401 401- 434-1510, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. We're speaking with one of my siblings, independent columnist, opinion maker, Donna Perry. DJ, this, I want to touch on, uh, before our time is up, this this um, this um situation with the, the college students in Ohio, uh, Idaho, excuse me, that were murdered. It is, um, 
there's several different parts about this, and I want to hear your thoughts, but just I want to frame it as, you know, this is another good example of the important role the police play in our society, that the FBI plays. This was a really tough case. You're talking about a very disturbed individual uh, who is, you know, studying crime, seemingly thought they could pull off this type of crime, uh, was very, very cautious. You know, we had to go through several years of the defund the police and abolish the police. This is, I think, also just a reminder, this very disturbed, dangerous individuals out there. And the more we focus on someone saying that they have been assaulted because someone used the wrong pronouns, the, the more that you people take their eye off the ball of what there's there's real evil and violent, dangerous people out there. Absolutely, John. I I agree with you. It's been a while since we've come across, you know, what I have found this to be just creepy, disturbing story. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm with you on this, John. It it was um, very chilling as they, you know, as they did kept track down that car. Um, And this guy, uh, you know, now he's halfway across the country or across the country. And as you say, that that took a lot of they brought the FBI in. They turn over every stone and and the local police. And to be fair, you know, people take a lot of pot shots. You'd be sorry to have this country without an FBI. Yeah, I got news for you. Anyone in your family, if they ran into a criminal, you know, good luck getting that resolved. So. I mean, this took a lot of, in a way, old-fashioned shoe leather, right? Like, yeah. they just had this thing about mm. the, I think it was more car. technology. It's technology, it I should I say. I don't know about the shoe leather. Well, that's true, but of course. No, and, and the very technology. Very, very difficult case. And, and also his, like, the portrait, though, that he was clearly, I mean, now what's coming out, this was, I mean, he's like, what, 28? He was bullied in high school, very odd. Then it turns out, you know, he somehow decides he wants to study criminology. Um, it's just creepy, you know, and, and it's the fact that um, from what they're showing, John, though, again, the technology, the cell phone ping showed like he yeah. tar- either targeted them. Um, yeah. I'm like you. I did not realize how close Washington State and Idaho I didn't like, realize. Yeah, yeah, like 10 I miles. Mean, as soon as I you mean, learn, it was that close. So now yeah. the circle opens up, but it, it is remarkable. And, and and I say that, Donna Perry, only because, again, we've had to withstand not not only the defund the police, abolish police, then you know all the people on the right that were bashing the FBI's corrupt, the FBI does this, the FBI does that. It's all foolishness. It's all nonsense. It's people have no idea what they're talking about. And I would say, if you haven't met an FBI agent, they are thorough. They, when they have to, they harness incredible technology. Right. The fact that they were able to weave it and track him down, the way they handled this case, they were very cautious. All these online sleuths were pointing fingers. When they put out that car, that showed they, they knew exactly who they were looking for. Right. But to track him down in Pennsylvania that way is, is really remarkable. So as we've had to just kind of finish out the year of, you know, as if the FBI went into Mar-a-Lago planting evidence and all this nonsense that is out there. It just shows when when there is a major crime in the world, whether it's Lockerbie, Scotland, or whether it's, you know, something that happens in Saudi Arabia or, yep. or something like this. The FBI is still just this incredible force investigative unit. Right. You know, 
they, we're fortunate to have them in the United States. And John, only the expertise of the FBI at that yes. level. If you yeah. had to leave this to local police oh, departments, this yes. guy would not have been no. discovered. Or just, you know, as I dealt with all those protesters the summer 2020, we police ourselves, get the police out of here, some racist, all this nonsense. In something like that, that was a horrific scene. You're talking Ugh. about a real evil mind uh, that was intent on and with no motivation other than to just try to pull off a crime and, and get away with it. It's, yeah. um, now, Donna Perry, before we uh, finish, I do want to finish out on where you think. I mean, let's let's be honest. The things have been very quiet out of Mar-a-Lago. Uh, yes. Good reason. I mean, some tough pieces <laughs> that he's President Trump is not leaving the estate. New Yorker had a piece of table for one. It was just brutal. Um it's very low key. You know, after the splash of the big announcement, the midterms did not go the way they wanted. I, I don't know where things are other than we're just going to have to wait, I think, as 23 plays out. But I I, I think uh, I think that the former president's in a tough body. I, well, I oddly, I think beyond anything is the release of the, that Congress got his tax returns and yes. then now they're being publicly available yeah. and released that seems to make him the most chilled of all, right? Or, or he just has really gone silent. Um, and I, I do think that is something really to pay attention to, John. Mm. Tax fraud yeah. is a federal crime. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, he knows what the way they conducted themselves in preparing the returns in that six years of returns. So I do think you're right. Like he's gone really silent. Um, and then, you know, we have the speaker thing playing out. But, I, you know, I think they're, they're really it's coming at him from every angle. Um, yes. So it takes a toll and it, grinds it does. On and then, you know, you're you're there sitting and waiting as this at any time that could be indictments over the whole situation with the documents and this this other stuff it, it it casts a cloud and then it brings us to the current resident on uh, pennsylvania avenue you know for all the talk <laughs> of and we would laugh how he was floundering going off stage wrong and so forth president biden is scheduling an event this week with mitch mcconnell people need to forget he was vice president Ob under president obama for eight years he was a senator all those years you know, for all of this, and he's lost it and all this other stuff, he, he you know, they are looking at a, an announcement that he's going to run again and gas prices have come down. Obviously, the economy is not where it should be, but and the border is a disaster. But Biden is another one of those to me, Donna Perry. You just you can't count him out. He didn't just get there, you know, yesterday. He's been around. Right. Little by little they can move beyond the bipartisanship and the more that some of the extremists, you know, take hold of the Republican Party. I think it benefits them. Well, yeah. And like we said, John, I, I wouldn't count them out. I mean, no. I think the family decided over the holiday break. Yeah. Why not? Right? You know, I mean, we know the way it works. Um, top staff does a lot of it. They oh, do yeah. a lot of the work. Why not? Um, and again, the Republicans are handing him a gift. With this, with this disarray, in my opinion. Yeah. So I wouldn't count it out. And then, you know, when the, they do have the power, what Democrat 
is, I mean, to say you're going to primary the president, I, I've yeah, never seen him do that. So. No. So we shall see. Yeah. yeah. Folks, it's a new year. We are going to be talking to her. It's Donna Perry. DJ, uh, great job as always. Happy new year. And we'll, we have a lot to talk about in 23. You bet. Yep. The Coesed Inn. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Now, I want to get up to speed the latest now on the Idaho students that were murdered. That was very dramatic. It came down on Friday. New details are coming out. Brought from that correctional facility here to the courthouse. His lawyer telling me that since he's been there, he's been in a suicide smock at all times, including rec time. He also says the facility has been very accommodating to Brian's vegan diet. As for today, he says his client isn't nervous and that his one request was that he get a chance to speak with his parents, something he said the court cannot accommodate. This morning, Idaho quadruple murder suspect Brian Koberger just hours from his extradition hearing. His lawyer, Jason Labar, telling ABC News he remains calm and polite despite knowing the death penalty is on the table. He says Koberger understands the seriousness of the charges and replied to him, quote, this will be a long process. Now new details emerging about how law enforcement tracked Koberger down. Sources telling ABC News they use public genealogy databases like those used to catch the Golden State Killer. You have DNA from a crime, uh, but you don't have a suspect. He's not in a database. So you use public databases of genealogy looking for relatives. Eventually, you get down to the point where you can match the DNA potentially to your suspect. Recent students of his at Washington State University speaking out, one saying his appearance changed around the time the murders took place. He looked a little bit more disheveled. He had like some stubble coming on. His hair was a little, you know, messed up or whatever. I remember seeing him and thinking like, oh man, you know, finals must be really getting there. 28-year-old Koberger remained a teacher's assistant, working towards his criminology PhD until the end of the semester before driving 2,500 miles to Pennsylvania with his father. His lawyer now telling ABC News that on that journey, he was pulled over twice for traffic violations in Indiana while driving that white Hyundai Elantra authorities have been looking for. How? Ryan arrested in an early morning SWAT team raid at his parents' home in a gated community two weeks later. LeVar telling ABC News, Ryan's father said they were told over a loudspeaker that the house was surrounded and their door was broken during the arrest. People in his hometown, shocked. How do you remember him at those parties? Uh, withdrawn, um, kept to himself. Koberger's lawyer says his client maintains his innocence and is eager to be exonerated in Idaho. Now, Brian's parents and two sisters plan on attending today. I'm also told that authorities here have been asked to be prepared for Brian to go back to Idaho sometime tonight or tomorrow morning. Once he's there and appears in court, that official arrest affidavit will be unsealed and we will learn a lot more about the prosecution's case again. 
Stop twice in Indiana. Folks, another reminder, if you haven't checked it out, again, it's the John DePietro Show. Check out on uh, DePietro.com. We had, um, we've had two more episodes, right? Episode 7, 8, we're out New Year's Eve, uh, Cranston PD Live. Listen, uh, uh, law enforcement, they never know what they're encountering. Can you imagine now, again, I think he was actually traveling with his father. But you don't know, at that moment, can you even imagine? I think he wanted the father driving, as I think of it. I think that's the reason. And then it's the father. Well, we'll have to get more details on that. Because what I was going to say was the father is then the one who would have to produce license and registration. And they wouldn't be um, going after him as much. Now, the situation with Monday Night Football. Let's see. I'm seeing some... Um, who do you believe? Joe Buck in real time dealing with this unfolds so Troy Vincent three hours after the fact, meeting with Roger Goodell in terms of damage control. Joe Buck said three times the league mentioned the five-minute rule, and Joe Burrow was warming up since he had the ball. So apparently now, Joe Buck repeatedly said the NFL gave the Bills and Bengals five minutes to resume play. Apparently now the league is claiming that that's, that's not what happened. Contrary to league claims, but he did keep saying that. And as someone that was watching in real time, that did keep happening, as a matter of fact. So Joe Buck stated on air four separate times because the NFL, Executive Vice President Troy Vince said the NFL never informed the teams they had five minutes to warm up to resume play. That never crossed their mind. He doesn't know where that came from. Now that is very, very strange. Because this was uh, Joe Buck last night. I think I have some of that. Like this, and then the, yeah, Lisa, they, as we said, they've been given five minutes to quote unquote get ready to go back to playing. That's the word we get from the league and the word we get from down on the field, but nobody's moving. Then when we got the update that within five minutes these players were going to start playing football again, we saw Zach Taylor live walk across the field to Sean McDermott. The players were being told that they would have five minutes to get back. Coach, the two head coaches you can see got together and they'll have five minutes to warm up. And Troy, I mean, you played this game for the majority of your life, and then after that, you've been calling these games. First of all, I've never seen no. anything like this. And then, the, yeah, Lisa, they, as we said, they've been given five minutes to quote unquote get ready to go back to playing. That's the word we get from the league and the word we get from down on the field, but nobody's moving. Then when we got the update that within five minutes these players were going to start playing football again, we saw Zach Taylor live walk across the field to Sean McDermott. The players were being told that they would have five minutes to get back ready for play, and the players were standing around. <laughs> well, they're going to have to answer. That five-minute thing, I mean, that came somewhere. Joe Buck repeatedly kept saying the NFL gave the Bills and Bengals five minutes to resume play. The league is saying that never happened never never happened so that clearly needs to be straightened out there was a, a lot of second guessing i mean anyone that was watching that was um it was it was really uh remarkable to think that that they were going to have to start playing in such a short amount of time, especially in their knowing or not knowing, I should say, how that was going to play out. So, yeah, that was that was bad.
going back to the, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit, folks, on this Tuesday, but the Idaho college students' murders with this uh, Brian Kohlberg, you know, the more that comes out about it, you have someone, it is like out of a, I hate to say it, horror, you say a book, but out of a film, where you have someone who is studying criminology, seemingly was then, I mean, a real certifiable nutcase who was then, they have his phone, from what I understand, pinging in relation to where they were. So it, it certainly comes out as if, it certainly seems to be, I should say, that he was stalking those students for quite some time. But the whole thing, I mean, it's just so horrific. It is out of a, a horror film um, in some way. You know, I also heard people last night questioning how come not as much tension was on actor Jeremy Renner, who was injured while supposedly plowing snow. He's in critical but stable condition. I don't know what to make of that whole story, how someone ends up in a critical condition from snow plowing. Um, he was brilliant in Hurt Locker. He was also brilliant in The Town. Um, I also want to uh, play this ABC Chief Medical Examiner. The benefits of a non-alcoholic start to the year. Dry January. Dry January actually tend to consume less alcohol when they come out of the month. Um, and then there are physiologic benefits. You can lose weight. Your blood pressure improves. Your skin improves. You sleep better. Your mood improves. Um, and so these benefits can be noted definitely within 30 days. And then again, most people tend to keep it going to some degree. You know, you said you've been doing it for a while. What tips do you have for people who want to start? Uh, fill the boat, Rec recruit some friends, get people involved. We're going to be doing this uh, throughout the month and hearing from our viewers what kind of experiences they have. Every year I ask Robin to do it with me, and she says, I'll do it in February. It's a shorter <laughs> month. <laughs> but I, I think... to do this um, with friends in a community and so I send you guys some mocktails because Great, the world we'll of them. mixology <laughs> is also oh. kind of like exploding oh, there you nice. go thanks Sal so. um, and so this has some fresh dry January some, um, she used to be a juiceless January and I'll be toasting oh, with good. you uh, with my water Something to think about. Something to think about. I like that. That is the big line you hear. I'll, I'll start in February. It's a shorter month. But anyhow, folks, we'll, we'll uh, obviously bring the latest that Brian Kohlberger, the uh, Idaho murders, it is just something so unusual, out of the ordinary, that this nutcase stalking them out in the manner that he did and thinking he's pulling off the crime. I, I, um, I want to give credit. I mean, you think of uh, how the FBI have been hammered the past couple of years and you know, the I, I mean, I've had some of you maybe listening right now. Tell, the FBI is corrupt, blah, blah, blah. The whole, they're planning documents at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, it's just, it's foolishness. These people are dealing in complete nonsense. No, this, this was a tough case. I mean, they're going to allow the, the Idaho uh, police to, to take the credit here. You don't even see the FBI at the... 
at the press briefing, but make no mistake about it. I mean, the, the technology that they were able to u utilize in this was was really, I mean, probably like, the, what you saw in the, the arrest of this guy is uh, probably some of the, the best police work, you know, anywhere in the world. So it, it is that, I mean, it is that remarkable that they were able to solve that crime is, is uh, just nothing short of amazing. Also, folks, how about the, well, let me just play this. This kid from Maine was the suspect charged the New Year's Eve machete attack on the police in Times Square. To you, the 19-year-old suspect is due in court as soon as today to face attempted murder charges. Police said the FBI had interviewed Trevor Bickford last month in Maine where his mother had reported concerning drift toward Islamic extremism. Authorities determined he wanted a fight in Afghanistan, so they put him on a watch list to prevent him from traveling overseas. Instead, he boarded a train here to New York. Intent, police said, on attacking anyone in uniform. An NYPD veteran and a rookie officer were screening revelers on their way to the ball drop here in Times Square when police said Bickford shouted Allahu Akbar and charged at them with a large wow. knife. He ended up shot Machete. But Lindsay, a diary found at the scene indicated the suspect thought he would die a martyr. Lindsay? I mean, that is just in, in total insanity, that sick kid. Let me also just play the parents of uh, one of the children, father of Kaylee Gonzalez, um, did an interview with George Stephanopoulos. I want to play a little bit of this regarding the Idaho murders. Yeah, it definitely provided relief for uh, our family. Um, we learned uh, later at night around 10.30, and um, it felt like a cloud was lifted off of us. I mean, it's like seeing sunlight after you've been stuck in a house for a month, so... It definitely provided relief and comfort to know that things were progressing and uh, all this torture of waiting was, had a purpose and a meaning. And um, it, it, it was very, and it was right before our celebration of life. So that also added to, you know, knowing that millions of people have had prayers for us. And just terrible. All right, folks, it's Tuesday. It's the new year. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Get the most of your outdoor space with Limitless Outdoors. Call today for a free quote, 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors, they specialize in patios, walkways, steps. They did a fantastic job on my outside steps. Outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installations, excavation, Call Limitless Outdoors today. Let's dream, build, and enjoy. 401-580-1852. Based in Smithfield, Limitless Outdoors. They also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces. Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Free quote. Get the most of your outside. You're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401 580-1852 Limitless Outdoors Dream, Build, Enjoy This portion of our program 
is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, right off of 146. Delicious food and drink. Always a nice crowd. You can either eat in the lounge area. There's normally a game on and a nice group of people there. Or you could sit out in the dining room. Don't forget the nice weather. They have the deck open. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Delicious food and drinks awaiting for you. I'll see you at the Lodge.